welcome to Ghost Peppers Not Lemons, where a husband and wife talk about life and invite you to be a part of it. My name is Zoe. And my name is Alyssa. And thank you guys for jumping in and joining episode eight with us. Numero Ocho. I was about to say that, but then I thought we've already done the Spanish we've, numbers before, and I just feel like... I feel like it's consistent now at this point, and I okay. feel like that's part of what we're doing. Okay. Not even intentional, but... So now we have to say numero, and then I'm going to have to learn numbers past 20. <laughs> <laughs> you lived in Southern California. Yeah, but that doesn't mean... I thought you took... Didn't you take Spanish? I took, yeah, three years of Spanish, but that doesn't mean I can't count past Pretty 20. Sure numbers were like <laughs> what I can't you did. Count, I can't remember past 20. That's Okay. So I we'll guess we have to grace. stop at 20 episodes. I, well, That's I it. know past 20, so I'll teach you. Oh, okay. Don't worry. You're in good hands. Um, yeah. So today we are interviewing some longtime friends of ours. Um, we have a good conversation. Uh, it is, yeah, talking about some of the stuff we've talked about before, um, but you'll hear a fresh perspective and um, I'm hoping you guys are encouraged and uh, I think you'll like it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and if you don't, that's okay. We're just glad you're listening. So yes. with that awkwardness of an intro, here's Jacob and Carol Ann. Uh, all right. Well, welcome everyone. Um, that's as far as the intro got in my head because I'm trying to do our other intro <laughs> that we already recorded. Uh, so we have really good friends of ours that are jumping in with us today. Um, I'm just going to call them Jacob and Carol Ann. <laughs> By their names. names. Are you recording this? (laughs) Call them by their names. Roll with it. I am here for it. I tried to think of something cool, and it was literally your name. So That's okay. Hi, guys. Are we recording? Hey. Hello. Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to make sure because I didn't see you push buttons. It's been recording this whole time. Oh, cool. (laughs) Okay. Uh... What's up, y'all? Wow. Hi, from Hello. sunny Colorado. We're here. Yeah. Is it is it actually sunny there right now? It's beautiful. It sunny. <sighs> Yesterday it was like 85 and sunny. Ugh. Sweltering. It's wonderful. <laughs> we're here recording right now. It's, it's been thunderstorm, rainy. high humid. Yeah. It felt like it's been like that forever. Honestly, we didn't, we didn't have a spring. I feel like it just jumped straight into like wet season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like looking at the forecast is like, hey, it's just rain and we don't know when you'll have rain, but you'll just have rain. So, we're just going to put the forecast is just thunderstorms. Yeah. All it day. will rain. I mean, we'll take some of it if yeah. you want to just shove it over. We'll push yeah. it up there. Okay. The like the longer that I've been out here, the more that I've wanted it to be dry and not humid as like nice as moisture is in the air. Just when it's like 90 degrees and then also like 95% humidity, you just feel the heat on top of yeah. you, especially mm-hmm. if you're in the sun, it's just like, here's hot. And then here, let me lay this extra layer of hot on top of you. Right. So I'm just getting, I'm getting older and like, yeah. I feel like the things <laughs> that I used to, but old people like warm, humid weather. It's true because it, yeah. I I love it too. I love humidity. I love humidity. It's so good for your skin. You don't have to, yeah. I mean, sure, you sweat all the time, but. It's fine. I think it just, it comes in moment. It's just, you know, that whole never being satisfied. It's like, man, I wish it was drier. I don't like it dry. I feel like I'm going to cough all the time. And then I get bloody noses all the time. And then, oh, it's too cold. It's, yeah. So, you know, you you know the struggle, Jake. That's what I, like. So where we live here on the Front Range in Colorado, it's very much like Reno. It's mm. kind of high desert, temperate. Um, like last year, 2020, we got nine inches of rain all year. That's it. Uh, I mean, that's why Colorado that was on yesterday. fire. Yesterday. Oh, my gosh. You said it was on fire? Oh, Colorado last year was completely on fire. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how I forgot that that happened. I I don't think it was ever in the news because California was making a bigger stink about their fires Mm. than you guys were. Yeah. Yeah. It was right around that same time. It was like two months Mm. of smoke and flames. Yeah. We had three huge wildfires that then they 
like came converged. together, converged, and came one giant forest fire. Oh my gosh. It was insane. I can't, I don't remember how many acres burned, but it was, I mean, too many. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of acres just on fire. Gosh. That's like we could see from our house, like we could see flames coming up over the mountains. Damn. Yeah, it was intense. But this year's been better. Like, <laughs> we've gotten, in May, we got 10 inches of rain alone. Look at so that. that was cool. Yeah. Um, we had a huge snowstorm. Huge. Like, in 24 hours, I think we got, like, two feet of snow. Good night. In 24 hours. Wow. It sucked. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for you, like, man, it was great. No. Mainly because, so, like, and you'll see because you guys are going to come see us in a Yay. month. Yeah. Um, our garage faces other garages like in an alleyway. And so that's the only way we can get our cars out. But there's also nowhere to put snow. So they couldn't come in and plow it. And so we have probably like 200 feet of alleyway. And it was with like snow drift. It got up to like three, three and a half feet of snow all the way across. And so we had to shovel our own selves out. So you literally oh had gosh. to walk 20 feet or 20 miles in snow just to get to school. Yeah. That's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Ugh, it was insane. Uphill. It sucked so bad. I think the I've, <sighs> I've only had one experience where it was like, we literally can't yeah. leave our garage. And it was, I was in high school and like we had a, we had a snow, it was a snow day, but it was ended up being a snow week. Just because like no one could like no one could move and like you like we're in suburbs and so like the uh, the plaza and all that kind of stuff like they're just trying to get through the normal road so people can actually get there but like we're like cool it's up above our cars on the garage so we're not going anywhere yeah but man so that's the stuff I don't miss you can kind of see this is our garage and like our garage door and this was like halfway through the snowstorm oh my goodness. Like, good night. Ay, ay, ay. It's, I, flashbacks. I have PTSD for oh sure. But Tahoe loved it. And we, like in our backyard, we made her like a little racetrack and she would run through it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. So what should we say about ourselves? Who you are, let, who you be. Let the people know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're a young married couple. Who just hit four years, by the way. Congratulations. Hey. I forgot Thank to you. say happy anniversary to you. I just realized mm-hmm. that right now. So sorry. It was we're we're together, so I said it. So that means that we said it. You were we're, of one okay. body and there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, four years married. Yeah, thank you. Been a four years. Oh, Lots have ha- lots happened in four years of being married, which is crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, what what should we say about that? You want to tell them how we met? Sure. Yeah, go ahead. Um, we were introduced by a mutual friend, my best friend, and um, yeah, she introduced us, and we hit it off and started dating and. Got married. Your first wow, date was <laughs> great story. <laughs> Your first date was a concert, right? Was or is that was that later on? Our first date was hot actually, topic here. Okay, it depends on who coffee you ask. Date. Okay. First date was a coffee date. Okay. Before okay. Concert. So she says it's a coffee date. I don't consider it a date. Whatever. That's a long story. <laughs> but. Us and you guys have a lot of mutual friends. Yes. Um, And we can talk about our life and how we know each other if you want. But we have a mutual friend who we absolutely love, but we absolutely hate. And his name is Justin. I couldn't guess. Um, We don't hate him. (laughs) We don't hate him. We love him. No. Um, But Justin is the kind of person who loves to just poke and poke and embarrass you. And so he's been my mentor for a long time. We're great friends. And when Caroline and I were going to meet for coffee, of course I tell him, yeah, I'm going to meet this girl at this coffee shop at Lighthouse on Vista. And he goes, oh, what time? I'm like, I think like 3.30, whatever. 
Of course, I walk into the coffee shop and Justin is sitting there, just happened to be doing some work. It's like, you are literally the worst human being on the planet. <laughs> yep. Of course, and you guys can relate, he has to make things awkward. A hundred percent. first meetings and relationships. But, yes. Oh, we love him. Yes. I mean, for both of us, for both our marriages, he's the reason that I think he's a big part of why we got married because if all that weird awkwardness didn't happen. Like when me, when I first came in, like when we, we I was going to say when we met, we met before then, but like when I right. initiated, like Justin <laughs> made it super awkward. And I think that was kind of the spark to that. And yeah. the crazy thing is it was all coincidental for us with him. It wasn't like with you, he had set it up sure. with us. It was legit. Just happenstance. So, <laughs> you should ask her out. <laughs> Nope. And I <laughs> bolted. Anyways. Have you met Zoe? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, and so, yeah, life's been great. Um, yeah, we dated for like six months, and then like two days before we were dating for six months, I proposed. Um, it was really crazy. Um, Pretty fast. People are always like, oh my gosh, that's so fast. And then I'm like, yeah, but you're on your second marriage, so shut up. <laughs> Kidding. I don't do that. I'm just, I'm just be spicy. <laughs> but maybe not really. So, but yeah, it was fast. But I always tell people we were in a very interesting phase of our life. So, I mean, I was, what, 26? 26, yeah, or so when we met. And, I mean, she was younger. She's five years younger than I am. You guys um, with the younger ladies. I'm four years hey younger yo. than Zoe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's like we were in such a different stage of life than other people. You know, I was working full time um, bivocationally in ministry and elsewhere. And, you know, she was obviously much more mature than I was. And so just being in a different phase of life, like we got to spend a lot of time together and we got to spend um, really significant like the amount of time that we spent together was significant, like getting to know each other and um, building a relationship. And so it wasn't necessarily we like playing around. Right. We were like, I was like, okay, I'm trying to get married. Um, <laughs> hey, oh, hey, oh. Uh, and so, yeah, it just different phases of life. I think we were in different maturity levels than a lot of people maybe who get married. So mm-hmm. I think we were just ready and we knew um, that we wanted to be married. We wanted to, be together and so i proposed and we got married i mean we had like a nine-month engagement so it balanced out yeah it balanced out yeah i thought that's the thing is like we we dated short got married short yeah because and because ours we had six six months of engagement it was june is when it was like officially official but there was all the other (laughs) stuff you know around it right so it was like june and then uh i proposed in november but we also had known each other for a while. Right. Anyways. Yeah. yeah. So also side note. Yes. Uh, you, you didn't talk about where you proposed in your podcast and how um, you did it. I think we did. I thought we, I oh, we did. Did we, we actually not? say no. Did no. we give the real version or the I just, special? We, we lived version? together. Uh, yeah. That's well, I, I, yeah. I don't think we get, we went into detail now that I'm thinking no. about it. I mean, you don't have to. But yeah, so Zoe and I lived together mm-hmm. um, for and a little while together. and worked together. Yeah, and then yeah, so because uh, we we came yeah we came back to the house and I had asked these guys like, hey, so I'm gonna do this and like I need you to like make it make romantic. it real nice or, yeah. So I'm pretty sure in the pot, like, early I said like it was all set up nice and I didn't even give any credit anywhere and I was like I that's just me you know your boy you know I hooked it up. <laughs> But now that's not what happened. I was like, hey, <laughs> hey, guys, help me out. And so they made it real nice. Like, it looked really good. I was like, wow, it looks great. You guys did so good. But I'm sure we were all just both caught up in the moment. But yeah. But yeah. This, yeah, we were living together. Was it like, was it a full year? I can't remember. I, can't. I don't, I don't remember. remember. But that ago. house was sick. It was. Yeah, you guys had that a good deal so on nice. that house. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Man. Being single. Yeah. Memories. Yeah, so we got married in June of 2017, and life has been crazy ever since then. Um, Not super crazy. Not super crazy, but not like the most stable either. I think 
we mm. came out of the gate crazy, but have yeah. since settled <laughs> down a little bit. A little bit. So yeah, we got married and then did the a very non-traditional thing. And as newlyweds, we lived with a couple. So yeah, we moved in with a couple of our friends because it, we knew it was a temporary space. Yeah. We were on our way out of the city we got married in. Mm-hmm. So we just needed a place to lay our heads for about three weeks. And then right after that, we moved out of state, several states away. And we were looking for job opportunities and that's, school opportunities. Yeah. Well, that was kind of a job opportunity. Too. Sure. Mm-hmm. Because the school was supposed to lead to a job. Anyway. (laughs) None of that happened. Yeah, none of that happened. I mean, we got jobs, but not what Mm -hmm. we um, had hoped and and expected. So Yeah. Cool jobs, useful jobs. Did you guys, looking back now, I mean, obviously it's part of your story, but like, would you have... Would you do that again of just going out willy-nilly without anything set in place? Or... You guys, that crazy adventure yeah, still? That's that's a good question. It is a good question. So, yes and no. So, if mm-hmm. I went back in time, I think this is going to sound like I'm so old, but <laughs> back then when I was younger, I felt like I was much more spontaneous than I am now. Mm-hmm. So, if I took like my mindset now and went back mm-hmm. to 2017, God no. Mm. Like, no, (laughs) do not do that. Um, But yeah, I would probably maybe do it again to Mm -hmm. some extent, Um, because also part is like, and you know, guys know this, like part of leaving was getting out of a very toxic work environment. Yes. Um, And so it needed to happen. And it was just really thankful that like getting married and that was a great transition point off of a staff culture that wasn't healthy yeah. for me yeah, or and a lot of others. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just happened topic. that way. And so I, I think about that and I can't help but say yes. Okay. Um, I would do it again because I, if we hadn't have done that, who knows mm-hmm. what life would look like right now. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's super hard, like, because I feel like I ask myself that a lot, especially when I'm, like, dealing with stuff that I did in in an unwise mentality. Um, and so I'm like, man, if I would have just had this, you know, and done it this way, then I wouldn't be here. But then when right. I've had that same mentality now, because I had to work through all that stuff that you don't. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's like a weird game that, like, you never get, you're never satisfied. You don't satisfied, know what you don't know. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the hard part also, so, like, I'll jump ahead a few years. So right now, so we're living in Colorado. We're in the front range. Um, We absolutely love it. Like from our bedroom window, like we have a view of uh, Twin Peaks Mountain. Mm. Like it's stunning. Um, And we love it here. We love being in Colorado. Um, I'm a student pastor at a smaller church of a brown, you know, probably like 300 or so. Um. And the hard part about life is you come into things with an expectation and then you're let down pretty hard, pretty consistently. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, the hard part is what I'm learning in this season of life is people can sell the best of anything really well. Definitely. A hundred percent. Yeah, really well, especially in church culture. Yep. Um, I've been at quite a few churches now, and every time I've been sold the best of the best. And now I've really learned um, in interview processes moving forward, like, where's the poop, Robin? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Literally. And it's a very, like, because... I'm very thankful. Uh, we're very blessed to be where we're at. Um, but it's not easy. And especially when you wish you would have asked questions mm-hmm. that you didn't ask. Yeah. Um, and now you have to live with consequence. Yeah. Um, and you have to 
the thing about church work, and you know this, is like you can't just uproot your life and then three months later be like, okay, I'm going to get a new job because this doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard, yeah. and ministry is hard. Um, people don't realize the toll it takes on your life, um, mm-hmm. how easy it is to die on the vine being in pastoral ministry. Mm-hmm. And surrounding yourself with the right people is key. Yeah. And, but when there also isn't the right people to surround yourself with, that makes it even harder. For sure. Um, I think we have some of the richest relationships in our life that we've ever had. Um, unfortunately they just live in Houston. They live in (laughs) Reno. They live in Oklahoma. Um, yeah. And that sucks. Yeah. And yeah, it sucks. Mm. Yeah. That's God is good. Right. Amen. I'm blessed and highly favored. I was, I was going to go all the time. God is good. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Come on. You, were, you said Come it up on. I, I, know. Just, I just told I was like, I wanted to ask a question and I was like, oh, he did that. Uh, and then two thoughts apparently can't live together <laughs> in my mind because. Um, you were also up at like 4 a.m. this morning. So I've been in that gym hard. I'm either. He's I'm trying either to do a show the at the end of the, the June or not June. Nice. No. Wow. At the would, end of the year. <laughs> so badly. Um, We've been getting up early and running. Nice. Ourselves. <laughs> the looks on your faces were like yep we're doing it it was fun the first two times yeah. and now it's not fun it sucks like when you start something there's like this yeah alright and then when you're like oh this is what it's really like oh why isn't that with life though yeah we that's, were just... a, that's a good mm-hmm. go on I didn't look at that tied it back <laughs> to your story you're like, oh man, this is gonna be really good. I'm excited, and then, like you said, the 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 stuff that it's hard because I feel like, in regardless of what it is, I don't know that it's necessarily like, even like this take like your role right now. Like, I don't know how much of it is like your specific responsibility to go. Where are all the terrible things, or where's all the where's the poop? Like, where what is all that stuff? Um, and and then being bought into something that you don't know fully well, like this is what it's going to be. This is how it's really going to be. Um, do you, do you still want to be a part of it? And then you mm-hmm. can make that decision from there. Um, mm-hmm. I know that was a tough thing when we were in Florida, like mm-hmm. there was a reality, I think to a, to a degree, um, that I had with, um, with one of my, one of my buddies and he, like he, I don't think he, he didn't, he, uh, man, Marin, he communicated very clearly. This is going to be work. And this is like, but if you want to do this, like it's gonna, like, this is where it could be. And like, I was like, yes, like I'm for that. It's going to suck, but I'm for that. But then also realizing he was sold something that was a lie too. Right. And so going off of that information and then realizing, oh my gosh, this is an absolute train wreck. Like I, yeah, it, it made they made when when you and I worked together. It made that look really healthy compared to where we were, <laughs> and so um, it it's just it's just crazy that that oh, that yeah. is a huge reality that it's that our our experience is not like unique like that is happening wildly Everywhere. across like across mm-hmm. the at least at least the Western Church, but it's just anyway. And this is what's hard. It's like because. Yeah, we came from a, a pretty toxic, unhealthy culture. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get out of this. And my next job, I'm going to ask all the right questions. I'm going to make sure I'm in a church that is so healthy and we're thriving and God's doing awesome stuff. And then you realize that every church sucks. Yeah. There's no perfect church, right? No. And the hard part is like every church that I've been at, like I love the ministry that we get to do. Like, I love the ministry that I did at our previous church. I love the ministry that I'm doing now. I just don't vibe with senior leadership. Mm. And that's a hard thing because 
when you don't vibe with senior leadership, it makes the ministry that you love really crappy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. And I know like God, I don't think God has equipped me to be a lead pastor. Like I, it's not my gifting. I don't really love preaching all that much. Um, which is crazy because I do it every week, but, (laughs) um, part of me is like, I kind of want to be a lead pastor so that I can like dictate culture so that I can set systems and processes to care for people really well. Mm. Um, Cause I think the church gets that wrong mm. and I'm going to say it and I know it's a blanket statement, but I think I have enough life experience in the church to say that mm-hmm. um, I'm not just a new Christian coming into the church for the first time. I think churches get soul care they do. I think when it comes to soul care, churches do it really poorly. Um, so if you're a lead pastor and you're listening to this, pay for your staff to get therapy because you're the reason for the therapy. <laughs> Just going to say it. <sighs> yeah. So Heavy. Heavy. it's, it's hard and mm-hmm. I want to be in ministry. I think God's called me to be in pastoral ministry mm-hmm. until I retire um, but we, we have to do better at caring for people and not, you guys talked about this in the podcast of like a previous podcast of like asking how, how people are doing and really caring. Mm-hmm. And I think we also don't do well at the ministry of presence, just being there, mm-hmm. just sitting in the crap with people, mm-hmm. um, and stop trying to be like Job's friends and call out your sin or call out how you're doing things wrong. Or if Preach. you just do this better, Preach. it's like, just yeah. shut up. Yeah. And <laughs> like let people cut and let, let people tell God that he sucks right now mm-hmm. um, because it's okay. And it's, I'm fired up right now because I actually just taught this last weekend um, in main services Um on disappointments and mm. I use Psalm 77. Um, so I encourage you if you're, you're listening to read Psalm 77 and it's this guy named Asaph who is writing a lament prayer to God. Um, and he's pretty pissed. He feels like God's left him. He doesn't, he feels like God has turned his back on him. Um, and so many times in church culture, we, I think we have to come up with these platitudes to like, God, God's got it. It's Okay. Um, there's a plan for this. Yeah. There's a reason. And it's like, yeah. So (laughs) yeah. You want to know my reason? (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, can we just like, God is a big God. He created Mm -hmm. everything. He created you. I'm pretty sure he can handle you being pissed off. Like be pissed off, process Mm -hmm. your emotions. Um, it's Okay. And I think the church gets it wrong a lot. Yeah. Well, I think partly, as I say, I think too, it's like, you know, we've, we've been talking a lot and like the church as a whole has always continually told us that our emotions are untrustworthy and Mm -hmm. they're fleeting. And while there's some truth to that, while we shouldn't base stuff off emotions all the time, we still have emotions for a reason. And we still have yeah. to process right. them and go through them. And yeah, no. Yeah. When you don't like, I think we're all seen, um, like I can just objectively see, um, we're all experiencing this level of like disembodiment feels like the right word where you're told to, well, no, don't think that if you think that there's something wrong with you or, Oh, you just, your faith, you're just losing your faith, man. Like just get it and just get it together. Um, like that's, that was, I just don't, to me, like, I just don't understand where the, like, well, if, if I don't believe the right thing, then like I'm out or that means like, well, you're, you just must not be a real Christian because a real Christian wouldn't do this. And now yep. that's like a blanket that, well, that excuses whatever behavior and even like, you know, well, you know, you suffered this thing, you dealt with this, you know, don't be mad at God, you know, cause God didn't hurt you. Um, you know, the church is just imperfect, you know, and, and just again, like, it's just this, like you like this, well, I can't, I can't feel like I'm angry or upset 
So what, mm-hmm. what should I feel? You know, yeah. it's like, well, just end up feeling glad cause it's fine. So yeah, it's. And yeah. I think also uh, I'll get off my high horse for a moment. Bro, if you want to stay there, you can stay there. That's fine. I, I do think that, I mean, obviously the church does a lot of things really well. Yes. Um, and I do think the church has good intentions and it's, it is well-meaning. Like I wouldn't be in the church if I didn't believe it. Like I think, I do think everything has an opportunity, uh, to bring God glory. Um, we may not see it. We may not feel it in that moment. Um, but something that I was really convicted of, um, as I was, as preparing this sermon that I had give, I gave is, you know, Asaph is like crying out to God. He's pissed at God. And then he takes, he has this phrase where he says, but then, and I thought that it was, it's for me, it's a really beautiful statement to say, but then, and then he goes into talking about how he's reminded of all of God's great wonders and his works. And for me, there's, there is a lot of beauty, um, at being at rock bottom. Um, there's a phrase that I like to say, there's beauty in the breaking, um, because when we're broken, um, and we're at that pit, and we feel like the walls are crushing down around us. I think we're able to look at those walls and be reminded of God's beauty in the past of what God has done for us. Um, and I think the church for me in my experience has done a great job of giving me at least resources, at least um, people that I know that I've been able to go to and just at least talk through mm. things. Um, and so finding the right people is paramount. Having that community, um, we can't do this alone. Um, you know, I've gone through some pretty crappy things in my life. Um, pre-community, that was really detrimental to my life and to my faith. Um, but then coming into community and being with people um, has been such a, a life change for me. Um People who have, who has been able to sit in the mess with me and just just sit um, has been such a huge change in my life, and so I think the church does really well at fostering community, um, fostering opportunity for people to um, lament with each other. Um, we just need to do better at equipping people. That's good. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, sorry, I'm sitting on that. I don't want to keep harping on that because we can, That's we can okay. go a whole different uh, direction and talk about a lot of things. But I'm I want to share a quote mm-hmm. um, that I put on my Instagram. I don't know. If, follow me. I don't know if you get. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I, I I'm gonna mess up this person's name, and I, I'm sorry, but I don't know if this is a guy or a girl. But mm. um, their name is Akshay Doobie. I'm going to go with that. Yeah. They they said this, and I, I just, this quote has been sitting on my heart, and it's been sitting in my life a lot the past couple of days. It says, healing doesn't mean the damage never existed. It means the damage no longer controls our life. Mm. And I was like, eh, it's so true. And I wish also and this is, I'm calling myself out here when I say the church, like I'm included in this is I wish I was able to, I'm able to go back and walk through people's mess better um, and not dismiss the damage just because somebody is removed from their damage and they're in the healing process or they're healed from it because the damage doesn't go away. Yeah. It just means it's not, like he's, they said, it's not controlling our life anymore. Um, and that was some, that was huge for me. I'm reading that the other day. It's like the damage is still there. It just doesn't control us. Um, that's, yeah, that's because I, what I've been really like trying to, trying to take hold of recently is um, like in, in a similar vein with pain and how that is, that is just a part of like the journey it's part of the process there's no like there's no way of to avoid that um and but also how do you like just like 
someone gave a good example of like, it's not like this thing that's just here that keeps you from everything, but like, it's also in its own lane over here that you have that you said, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily stop me from doing something or, or control me enough to where I I'm, I'm immobile, but also like trying to find how do you embrace that pain, but also know that that pain like did something to you that you have to like, it wasn't just like, okay, well that was pain and let me just keep moving forward. Like the pain did something that I have to deal with and I have to, whether it's mending, whether that's like whatever that is. Um, but it's hard because I'm, I probably, well, I think everyone obviously has their level of comfort that they want to stay in. Um, yeah. but I just, I don't know. It's weird. Cause I feel like I see some people just like full on embrace it and just go for it and are like, man, I'm in the pain. Like that's, that's cool. Like I think of even just working out and like, like Logan, his like, uh, like legit, it hurts. It's cramping. And it's like, good. It's delicious. And I was like, no, <laughs> it sucks, man. You're wrong, sir. <laughs> um, and a so hamburger is delicious. Yeah. <laughs> not, not of this pain that I'm feeling my cramping, but like, just like trying to figure out, you know, how do you manage both of those things? So, but I also think that's the hope of the gospel, right? Is we have a future hope and I know it's, not easy to look at that future hope when we're in the midst of our crap um, because we want nothing more than it just to go away. Um, But if it imagine what it life would be like without that future hope. Um, And that's what breaks my heart. Um, And that's for this world Um, for my next door neighbor who um, one is a Christian and her husband is not. And that breaks my heart. So what, like when you go through difficult situations, how much harder is it for you to not have any hope? So, man, I'm thankful for the church that we, we get to be hope dealers. I don't even know why I just said that. That's such, (laughs) that's so stupid. (laughs) Um, But that's what we do. Um, And I'm thankful that God has called me to be a part of that. Um, Sometimes I wish he did not. Mm But he did, and I ran away from that for a long time. And then annoying people like Justin and Josh came into my life, and like Enzo, and it's like, um, no, I think you're going to be in ministry. And I'm like, mm, I don't think so. And here we are. I blame you. <laughs> <What's> <laughs> All careful. Uh, Pasto. Pasto. Yeah, like oh, you like Pasto, like Zo in the past. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm just. Tangent here. I miss jamming. With yeah. Our light, man, we had some good times and mm-hmm. ministry with you guys was a blast. And the things we did was killer. We had a lot of fun. It's hard. Like, it's hard because I try, I try to not look back, um, like, like tainted, um, based upon, you know, what we left, um, in terms of the toxicity. Um, and and then even, you know, and even the stuff that we, that we're, that we are walking through now, um, try not to put that layer of, you know, Mm -hmm. it was all this cause it wasn't, you know, like there's a lot of good memories. There's a lot of good things that happened. There's a lot that, um, you know, I know I owe to the church regardless of where it's at now, regardless of where evangelicalism has like taken it to, um, there's a lot that I can look back to and be grateful for. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that doesn't mean like I was listening to something. It is hard. It was like, it was a, it's, it's something I've, I've, I feel like I will always wrestle with, like with the church as a whole, this, this aspect of unity, but not uniformity. Um, so that means I can disagree that I, that I don't have to see eye to eye, that I don't have to say or believe exactly the right thing. But at this, at at what point do we like, I don't want to totally disengage because at the same point, at the same time, if we are the church as a whole, like unity should, we should at least kind of come together to some point, but doing that it's hard and it's messy. Um, And that's the reality of community because if you want to have a place that's we're 
we are open and accepting of anyone, whatever your background is, wherever you're at, um, there's going to be disagreements. There's going to be, uh, like you can't, and like, because in the, the, the point isn't like, all right, we all believe this one single thing here, like, and then all these other things we agree on a hundred percent, like that's just, that's just not a reality. We have how many thousands of denominations just in, you know, America that like, we can't agree on a ton of different stuff, but, um, trying to not one feel like I've arrived. Cause then that just, that just defeats the point of like the process. Um, because I don't feel like we'll ever just arrive. Um, and you might have things like, no, I'm, I'm convicted or I deeply believe this and I deeply resonate with this. Um, but it doesn't, again, it doesn't mean that, well, I'm done with you. I'm going to write you off, burn it all down. It all sucks. Um, and because someone said it's harder to build something back up that's burnt down versus trying to refurbish what you have currently. Um, but it's, again, it's hard work. It's a lot of hard work. So it is hard work. Mm. And people don't like to do difficult things. No. And especially in our culture today, I think we've really allowed ourselves to, I mean, cancel culture is a real thing. Um, and the moment we don't like something or somebody, they're out of our life, we move on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I don't like this sermon, so I'm going to go to a different church. Or I don't like this programming, so I'm going to go somewhere else. Or, oh, this person posted this political statement on Facebook, so I'm going to unfriend them. Or we we just, I think, are starting to see the fallouts of postmodernism, this idea of, like, I make my own truth. And if you disagree with that, well, you're wrong, and I'm going to move on with my life. And we refuse to sit in the tension. Mm-hmm. And I'm guilty of that. I don't like to sit in the tension sometimes. I'd rather just walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, but sitting in the tension is necessary if we want to grow and build. And mm-hmm. like I said, it's not easy, but it's necessary. But it's also kind of like marriage too, right? Um, I'm always right. Yes, so. I agree. I'm always right. <laughs> Caroline, <laughs> thoughts? Caroline, do you agree? Um, I think for the most part, he's never right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, I think marriage is a great example of having to sit in the tension. Mm-hmm. Um, Marriage is hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It takes work. Mm-hmm. Um, Amen. And I mean, I'm not going <laughs> so to like, <laughs> and I mean, I'm not going to sit here and act like our marriage. I mean, our marriage hasn't been very difficult. We've had tension, um, nothing close to what you guys have experienced Yeah. Um, by a long shot. And so I can't imagine, you know, the, the work it takes for you guys has taken. Um, and so, I, I mean, I definitely applaud you. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine the statistic. I mean, I'd be interested, you know, I mean, I'm not going to Google it right now, but you guys, what, six, seven years, seven years, six years, we're approaching six years, six six years. years. and so next, next week. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I would be interested to know what the divorce rate is of people who've been married for six years, what the divorce rate is. I think and the then- sweet spot is seven years is like. Seven years. Yeah. Yeah. Then all the other crap we've. Right. You add on top of on all of those things. So. Get ready. It's coming. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Zoe's going to have to buy a new ring. (laughs) Amen. Get her some earrings. I don't wear earrings. Oh. I'll get her a chain. (laughs) Thick gold. Yeah, that's something I think in this season of like being disappointed a lot that I have come to learn. Um, While it's uncomfortable for me and it's been a sharpening experience for me, is like I've learned who I am um, Mm -hmm. and what I offer an organization. Um, And that needs to be compensated. Mm -hmm. Um, I know what I bring. Sure, I may not have... 20 years of experience, but I promise there's, I have the experience that I've had 
and the education that I've been getting equates to your 20 years of experience. Mm. And I know how to build systems and processes that you have no idea what you're doing. So write my zeros <laughs> because I bring a lot of value of growth and expectation to your ministry. And if you don't see that, bye. See you later. Bye. That's, bye. that's like the man, just in general, like I'm thinking of like just, and I, last year was a really difficult, obviously for everyone. Um, like just, I mean, as a whole, but like, realizing that like almost this, this aspect of like finding that, like having to settle almost for something when it's like, I know it sounds, I should have prefaced this a little bit better because now it sounds anything I'm saying is tainted like with Alyssa and like her experience, her qualifications, all that, like it, it's so frustrating where it's like, Hey, you have to have this many years of experience in this kind of education. And it's like, or just have someone like you can have someone that has all that stuff, but suck at their job. Like, mm-hmm. You know, and then, but like you said, like, I know my value. I know what I can add. Um, and it's hard to like on the other side, like, how do you present yourself in such a way to where you're like, oh, well, you're trustworthy. Okay. I'm going to give you a chance. Um, but it's, it, but again, like you said, it's like, man, I know my worth. Like, I'm not yep. going to, I'm not going to compromise and settle. It's it, but it's, it's so hard because especially like I need to make them, them dollar bills. Like I got bills to pay. They don't just mm-hmm. stop. Mm-hmm. Especially. In the church world mm-hmm. where I I have a job. I have a job description. I do exponentially more than my job description on my own volition, but I also do a lot more of than my job description because you put it on my plate. Mm-hmm. And it's ministry. I'm air quoting here. It's ministry. So you're just expected to do it and not get compensated for it. Yep. There's like that fine print. That she didn't read. That's what we learned with this the last church in Florida. He was getting paid pennies and doing like five different jobs. Mm-hmm. Because the church as the whole wouldn't want to take care of the campus, regardless of how much Zoe and Zoe's boss slash friend tried to make things happen. So and like, especially when you're told like from the people that have been there and seen all this turnover that are saying, wow, you guys are like, you guys are doing the things you said you're doing. Like Brian, like Brian was a huge, like, he was like, no, we're doing this and let's do it. Um, and so again, like when you're just like, bro, like you got it, let's do it. I'm with you. Um, but then like, again, just realizing there's not necessarily from, from him, but just this giant expectation, this big giant machine that's moving that, this is the level of quality that we expect and you will, you always need to reach towards that. It doesn't matter where you're at, figure out a way to get there mm-hmm. and like, you know, doing things that I'm like, mm-hmm. we're doing stuff at a way grander scale, like for, for a, 20 people, like for a church, our size, <laughs> like a very small amount of people. Um, you know, again, we recognize like, like the first week and I was like, cool, it's, they know there's not a ton of people here and that's fine. Like, I don't, I think I, I used to be really caught up in that and I, I numbers. Yeah. And I be careful, but I, there's a part of me that honestly could care less. Like how might like, if we want to bring it all back together, how are we loving our neighbor? Like, how are we doing that? Well, because we could have a, cool service that's got a bunch of like lights flashing and, and and like man the band's tight and it sounds good and i don't want to devalue any of those things but if that's the point and we miss the opportunity to like like you said sit in the tension sit in the mess with people um then like what are we even doing you know mm-hmm. and so um and so it's but yeah like you said just doing all this extra stuff partly because you're invested and you're like, I want to see something happen. I want to see this like actually come to fruition, the things that we've been working hard for. And so I'll put in a little bit of extra effort, but then on when it's met with, well, Oh, you want family time? Well, like do this ministry thing and bring your kids and wife along because that's, that's your family time. Like, you know, you know, you get to minister with your family. And like, I like, bro, like this is, are you out like thinking back? I'm like, are you out of your mind? Like mm-hmm. you're paying me nothing and you put expectation because if I miss this thing, 
then you'd be like, oh, well, you know, you should have done it. Like, why weren't you there? Like, yeah. Ugh, sorry, I don't want to get too sorry. Call outy on the last church because <laughs> there's a lot of yeah. It's like congratulations, you have two thousand people at your service, but what's the biblical biblical literacy of each person there? Like, how many people are doing life together? How many people are being discipled, or how many people are just showing up because? you're tatted up and you're wearing skinny jeans and you're charismatic. Yeah. Right. And you're bleaching your hair platinum blonde. Cause you it's like think cool. It's cool. Like, like do you homie? Like I want everyone to like live out of their truest self. And if that's your truest self, like I'm going to celebrate that, mm-hmm. but not to like push your own agenda. Right. And I'm, I am thankful. Like I am in a church right now. Um, where numbers aren't a thing. Like I'm not judged my success based off of numbers in the sense of having kids in seats. I'm my success is judged by my relationship with students and how many students are being discipled on the weekly basis, which um, we're very grateful, which I'm very grateful for because we know at other places we've been, that's not the case. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I need to see 10% of the overall church attendance in in student ministry and if that's not the case what are you doing and why aren't you growing Mm -hmm. whereas at this church i'm so thankful i'm so blessed that's not the case and i get to do phenomenal things like i'm gonna brag on my church because i get to um you know we're a church of like 300 and we operate on like a 1.3 million dollar budget it's stupid my my student budget is like twenty five thousand dollars and I average like 35 students. I get to do whatever I want. <laughs> because we have a church who invests financially into our students. Um, and it's not just, you know, hot air from the stage of like, we love our, we love the next generation. We want to pour mm-hmm. into them. Like they put their money where their mouth is mm-hmm. and invest in our students. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thankful for that. You know, when I took over, it was like 12 students showing up um, and I'm going on three years and we've like tripled the ministry because we care about relationships mm-hmm. and right. inviting students to come be a part of something bigger than themselves. And so, yeah, our numbers important. Absolutely. Um, but not by it's how not many are focus. showing up and mm-hmm. engaging in worship. And then you never see them for the rest of the week. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I'm even thinking about like our last church where money and tithing was the biggest thing the, uh, in Florida. And it honestly was like every service was bless, blessings and tithing and that continual message of just pouring it down your throat to where even staff was expected to not only give 10%, but we were required to be above and beyond on a certain level, which... I think is illegal. There's but. a, there's, yeah, there's, yeah, I don't want to get into <laughs> <Sorry>. that. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, when generosity and success and mm-hmm. like. And so for us, when we found this church, like we've been here for now a year, mm-hmm. almost a, a little over a year. And um, there's not been one sermon about tithing um, because their main focus is about dollar club which is i've never heard of it within a church of like hey instead of talking about tithing let's talk about you give a dollar per person in your family and that money goes directly into the community whether with someone within our church or someone our church knows or someone and like actually giving the money and because of that our church is pretty genuous generous generous (laughs) genuine generous you got it yeah yeah, same thing. Uh, basically. Um, and it's not having to be shoved down someone's throat of like, mm-hmm. you know, blessings, blessings, blessings. Well, I feel like when you like, and I, I realize too, when you get to a certain level and you want to continue to operate at that level, well, like if money is dipping, you got to talk about it. You got to get people, you got to give a convincing sermon about how God's going to bless you financially. It might not be the way you think, but like, you know, let's share a story of someone who was financially blessed because they gave more and like, look at what that abundance did. 
and like, and even then like seeing it ramped up again over the last year. And I understand, I say I understand because I remember being in that environment and thinking through that too. And it's weird when you get this certain level of like, it almost becomes groupthink, And that's a, that's, I feel like it's a Cultish. really yeah dangerous thing to say in mm. general, but like when it becomes, oh well, let's just regurgitate what this dude said, without really saying, hmm, just how does that wrestle? How does that rest with me? Um, it it's anyway, and so like, yeah, yeah, you creep into the prosperity gospel, and like I just, I don't, I don't see that level anywhere, like looking like if we're reading through it, like, I don't, I don't know where Jesus was like, Hey, if you give a bunch and tie the bunch, guess what? I'm gonna give you a bunch of money. Well, and it's not even, it's gotten to, a I point would be where, loaded right now. For yeah. sure. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't even think it's, it's gotten to the, I think they veered from, well, it'll be blessed financially to you'll just be blessed. So it's like a generic cover. Mm-hmm. And like, and I like, but then, like, what You're is, still going to be blessed if you keep giving, but it may not be what you look, what you think, but yeah, I was like, what do you, what do you mean by blessed? Tell me, tell me what you mean by that. And then like, well, you know, and then give me those things. And then if they were to just happen, regardless if I gave, so I got this when I didn't. So what are you saying? It's like, well, you know, you just gotta be faithful to anyway. I don't want, I don't want to keep going. It's a whole- yeah. It's a fine line. Cause I, I mean, I, and I do believe that God blesses our faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if, one of our areas of faithfulness is in our giving. Like, I think God is going to bless us with that, but that might be in heaven. Mm-hmm. Like you might not see it on this side of heaven and we have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it all, and also how we present it is huge. Mm. Um, I think how, what you guys are saying is from my experience and I'm sure from you, a lot of times it comes out of, it's a shame based presentation. Yeah. Um, and, they blanket and they cover this idea of blessing with just, yeah, you'll be blessed. You'll be blessed. And then you leave it there. And it's like, well, no, what is blessing? Like, what is that really? Um, and so the church, we can do better. Yep. Yeah. Great. Yeah. That was good. I wanted to ask like, um, cause our, our whole podcast obviously is about like story and ghost pepper moments, but I feel like you guys were sharing that and weaving that in but I also wanted to give opportunity to say that, um, to say that, to ask that you give me a weird look. I don't know what you're asking or talking about. <laughs> I was saying, cause again, our whole podcast is it's ghost peppers, not lemons, your ghost right. pepper moment. And I was saying there was some of that weaved in, woven in, woven, weaved, did did weaved in, webbed, webbed. webbed. <laughs> <laughs> um, weaved, weaved, woven. <laughs> I like weavened. Weavened. I like it. Yeah. Cool. You're with me. Um but no, I want like Office if moment. I don't know if there's anything else that like in that that you guys wanted to share that um Yeah, I didn't want to like pull out something that wasn't there either. Sure. You want to share any, you got anything you want to share? It's so tough for me because I haven't had a difficult life. Like I could nitpick at things where I'm like, that was really disappointing. Um, but I just don't want to complain about what ends up being small beans compared to what other people go through. Um, but yeah, disappointment I think is real for all of us Mm -hmm. and whether it's big or small, I think, um, we all face things and, have to just sort of accept that that's part of life and you know you have to find ways to grow out of that um embrace it as part of your story and i don't know if i can say anything specifically but no i agree that's good mm-hmm. i like i will say because i try to say this too because aaron was saying similar yeah she's that, like, like I, don't, I haven't really walked through anything hard and i was it's like i yeah i just i hope that i hope that you don't feel like like well it's not been as bad as they've been because like also being aware of like whatever you have gone through like that, that for you was real disappointment regardless Mm -hmm. of how like deep it was compared to someone else. Um, it was still, you know, it was still a ghost pepper. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. anyway, 
that was my little tiny little of encouragement. So hopefully it was actually encouraging and not cool. Thanks, bro. Appreciate you. <laughs> so with that, what would through what you guys have and have what you guys have and are walking through, what is something that you would want to encourage or give advice to someone or you go? You want me to go? Okay. Um, my advice would be be honest. Um, mostly to ourself. Um, especially, I think, if we are Christians. Um, I would assume most of your listeners are. Um, but there might not be some. There might be some that aren't we Christians. We actually have... Look, sorry to interrupt you. Go on. Sorry. No. No, go ahead. I was going to say, there's... We have like one person listening from Germany. The rest are from United States. So I don't know. Nice. Yeah. I love it. Anyways. <laughs> so if you were not a Christian or if you are, I think this um, goes both ways. I think we have gotten to a place in our culture that we have convinced ourselves that we shouldn't talk about our problems. Mm-hmm. Um, one, because we we think that we need to control other people's emotions and how I, if I say something difficult, like it's not my responsibility to manage or can control how you react to that or how you live with that. Mm-hmm. Like my truth is my truth in my emotions and how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Like I think there's an ultimate truth and I think God displays that. Um, but I think we've gotten to a place where we have convinced ourselves that when we go through difficult things that we just shouldn't talk about it. We should just bottle it up, rub some dirt on it, get over it and be done with it. Um, And so my advice is to be honest, just be honest with ourselves and be honest with other people and care, but not really care how people react to that because that's on them and not on you. Mm -hmm. Um, If you say something that's, difficult that you're going through and someone responds poorly that sucks and i'm sorry because it's gonna hurt um but that's on them and i think it when we go through difficult situations and we share it reveals true character of people around us mm-hmm. so that'd be my advice is just be honest and don't fill our life with pleatitudes and think that we can just have that um toxic toxic posi- positivity yeah and, and move on with yeah. life so mm-hmm. That's be a real, real. Mm-hmm. be honest and if someone gets uncomfortable because life's hard for you well bye <laughs> it, it hurts i was gonna say tough titties that's my new <laughs> slogan <laughs> i hurt so tough titties it's real life And going off of that being honest thing, like for me, I think it's helpful to start small, just start somewhere because I was always someone who bottled and hid what I was really feeling. Like even into the earlier parts of our marriage, it was really difficult for me to um, be open and honest about how I was feeling, but I'm a lot better at that now, I would say. Too well sometimes. <laughs> Too open and honest about how I'm feeling. Wow, attack. Hello. Um, but um, anyway, starting small, really lately for me, I've been um, answering one question honestly with intention, and that's, how are you? When people ask, mm. how are you? I answer them honestly. Mm. Like, if I'm well, I say well, but if I'm fine I say fine and people will look at you like what do you mean fine Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's like seriously like do I always have to say that I'm good or I'm great Mm -hmm. or can I be fine sometimes Mm -hmm. can you say how are you and I can say I'm stressed (laughs) today Mm -hmm. um so that's a good way I think to start small yeah answer that one question honestly Good, good work, Caroline. It's good. Good job. <laughs> Life's hard. Yeah, it is. It sure is. It sure is. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. Uh, we hope that 
through this conversation, there was something that you could take away and walk away with, um, whether that's encouragement or advice of some kind. Uh, and just thanks again for tuning in and listening, giving us your ears. ears. <laughs> your ear holes. No, really yeah, just your it. ears. I don't want to say that. <laughs> um, and as always, you know, we want to remind you guys that you do matter. You are valuable. And um, we want to hear your stories. We want to hear everyone's stories and get the opportunity to share them because anyone can learn something from everyone. And um, doesn't matter where you're at, what work, walk, what journey, anything like that. We want to hear all stories. So if you're interested in being on this podcast and want to reach out to us, we are on Facebook and Instagram. I was about to say Twitter, but we are not on Twitter. I mean, if you want to start like going guns a blazing and Listen, start like. My, my social media for, our, for us has not been the greatest last few weeks personal stuff and just life but so i can't take on twitter on top of that so we're doing it we are anyways when i say we're doing it you're doing all the social media i literally all the social anyways um you can find us on facebook and instagram at ghost peppers not lemons and you can also shoot us an email at ghost peppers not lemons at gmail.com and with that i think we're done i think that's it we're good thanks guys for listening we'll see you next time thank you bye